0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Honored to be here today with you, excited about this series. Uh, I just believe as we were uh, kind of praying over the summer and praying over kind of what God was asking us to speak about here at Experience. Really, the Lord dropped this in my heart. One of the reasons why is I was in the car with a friend uh, recently, and a, a new popular song, worship song, uh, many of you probably know it, called Jaira was on, and uh, they, he, they were just singing away, just singing, singing, singing. I'd never heard the song because I'm so cool and hip on all the cool songs, you know. I had no idea what it was, and so I was listening to it, and then the song was over, and, and, he, and they asked, what does Jaira mean? I was like, you just jammed out to this song and you don't even know why. Praise God. And as, as, as I kind of thought about that, you know, I was like, you know, what? a lot of times we can serve God and seek God and uh, uh, try to pursue God. And we don't even fully know who God is. And, you know, I really do believe this. How we see God is how we relate to God. How we see God is how we relate to God. Oftentimes we know, of course, he's father, he's son, he's Holy Spirit. But also there are many names of God. Names like El, uh, uh, Elohim and Yahweh and Jehovah and Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Nisi. All these names. We could keep going. And People were like, what in the world do those names mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, because for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the names of God. Why? Because I believe this. this these names of who he is, is not, are not nicknames. You and I can get a nickname. Your nickname does not represent necessarily who you are as a person. It's just your nickname. The names of God are not nicknames. They are who he is. And so as we break these down, I believe it'll help us see him better for who he is so that we can relate to him in a greater way. And I believe this, the better we relate to him, the more like him we can become, amen? And so we're gonna be breaking down the names of God. Super excited about this Well, today because the song Jireh is out. I wanna talk to you about Jehovah Jireh, the name Jehovah Jireh. Uh, Many of you probably know what it means. You may not, but it means the Lord will provide. It means he is our provider. God is our provider. And I love this because really Jehovah Jireh is only mentioned one time in the scripture. It's only mentioned once. It's mentioned in Genesis chapter 22. It's with Abraham and Isaac. And what happens is Abraham is asked by God to go and to, to, to lay Isaac on an altar. And what happens is he lays Isaac on the altar and when he does, God sends a ram for him as a sacrifice. And he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this Jehovah Jireh, right? Because the Lord will always provide. The Lord will always provide. I want, to, I want you to get that into your spirit. The Lord will always provide for you. God is a God of provision. When we talk about provision in the church, oftentimes everybody's brain goes to money. Yes, God will provide financially for us. But God is a God that doesn't just provide financially. He provides in every area of our lives. He can provide in our area of finances. He can provide in an area of our mental health. He can provide in our area of, of physical health. He can provide in our area of stress and saying, "We need help in this area. He can provide in the area of wisdom. God is a God of provision he 's a god of provision, and the names of God, I really do believe this is you know you can say okay that 's who God is or that 's the, the words of name, or, or kind of who what people call him, but really the Jesus came. And when Jesus came on this earth, he then showed the Bible says that he showed a picture of of who God really is. The scripture says in John chapter five and verse 19, this is Jesus. He says, Jesus gave them the answer. Very truly, I tell you, if you wanna pull it up, the son can do nothing by himself. He only, can, he only can do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the father also does. He's, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I want you to know this. He says that very truly, I tell you that nothing can be done by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus is saying this. I wanna show you that I'm coming on this earth because I want you to see a greater picture of who God really is, who the father really is. Then in John chapter 12 and verse 49, it says, for I did not speak on my own for the father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. Not only did he only not just do what God had told him to do, the father had told him to do, but he also only said what the father told him to say. Why? Because he wanted us to see a picture of who God is. And so the names of God, I believe we can find in every, every name that we see in the Bible, we can find the life of Jesus. And I wanna show that to you. I believe that God is a providing God and Jesus came and he showed us that he truly is a provider all throughout the life of Jesus in his ministry the three years that he ministered, he was bringing provision to people and the needs that they had in their lives. I wanna show you a scripture, John chapter, I mean, Mark chapter six, verse 32, where we get our text today. Many of you know this story, the scripture, but we're gonna read it together. It says, so they left by boat for a quiet place when they could be alone, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving. This is Jesus and his disciples. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching many things to them. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so that you can go to it. They can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus says something crazy here. He looks at the disciples and there's over 5,000 people there. And he says, you feed them. With what, they asked, we have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, have he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread, and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups of, on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers of bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and all of their families were fed. This is a great picture of Jesus's heart and God's heart where he shows us he is truly a God of provision. He truly is Jehovah Jireh. And what's cool is these, these people, they were, they were hungry. They, were, they, were, they hadn't eaten all day. They were listening, being ministered to by God, being taught by Jesus. And then the disciples say, hey, we gotta feed these people. These people are starving. It's late at night. We're in a far, it's getting late. We're in a faraway place. They're gonna have to travel home. They're gonna be, they're gonna be starving. We need to feed them. And Jesus says, well, go feed them. The disciples are like, uh, with what? How is that possible? We have no money for this. And so Jesus, of course, he, he says, go find what you have, take what you have and bring it to me. They bring him just a few loaves of bread and a couple fish. The Bible says that Jesus prays, he breaks it and he begins to share it. Over 5,000 people were, were fed by just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. What does this show me? It shows us a picture that God truly is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. How do I know this? I want to show it to you today in just a few scriptures and how we know and what I believe God is, wants us to know about with provision. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 34, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd. He stepped from the boat and then he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw the people. Here's what we have to all know. I want you to get this in your heart. Jesus sees us where we are. And not only does he see us where we are, he has compassion for us and where we are. God is not a God that says, you have to prove something to me to earn my compassion or my heart or my provision. See, oftentimes we think we have to do all these things in order for God to bless us. No, the Bible says that God sees us and he immediately wants to take care of our needs. And the cool thing is Jesus sees them and he immediately starts to teach them, the Bible says. See, here's what I know about God. God doesn't wanna just provide for us physically. He wants to also provide for us spiritually. God wants to take care of us on our mental health. He wants to take care of us in our, in our stress. He wants to take care of us in our anxieties. He wants to provide everything in our, in our lives, all that we have. What does this show me? Point number one, I know this. God is passionate about provision. God is passionate about provision. Here's what I know. When we talk about God's provision, it is not prosperity gospel. We oftentimes, when we come to church and we hear people talk about provision, we hear people talk about money, we automatically go to, oh, it's one of those churches. Here we go. They just want my money. They're just, the pastor's just trying to drive a Lambo. I wish. I got my Ford F 150 just driving down the road. When we talk about provision, it's not talking about prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is this thought process of a a gospel with no problems. A provision is I want to take care of you in your problems that I'm going to walk with you no matter what your problem is. Prosperity gospel, provision is, just because we talk about provision does not mean we're talking about prosperity gospel. In fact, provision is the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus came and gave his life. Giving is provision. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave His only son. The church is just so much about just the prosperity gospel and just money. No, the church is about the gospel. And that is this. God is passionate about providing our needs. Without God being a providing God, we would all be stuck in our sin. He came, why? Because he saw a need in you and I's life that we could not take care of ourselves. You cannot take care of the sin in your life. I cannot take care of or remove the sin in my life. God knew this. And so he said, here's what I got to do. I got to show them that I am Jehovah Jireh. I am their provider, even in their sins. He is a God that wants to supply all of our needs. Philippians, wanna read it to you, 419. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When we talk about God's provision, we're talking about the gospel. It is the gospel, God is a providing God. He is Jehovah Jireh. In fact, if you really wanna get down to the nitty gritty core of the gospel, it's provision. The core of the gospel is that he gave. We didn't earn, we didn't spend, we didn't do, we didn't work, we didn't say a certain amount of prayers. No, he's just a God that loves us so much that he wanted to provide for us, for our souls. See, this is what provision is. Provision is this, it's God using his hands to show us and reveal his heart. See, when God provides, when he gives, we get a picture of what his heart truly is. His heart is that he loves us so much that he wants to give to us, to supply for us, all the needs that we have. Why? Because he wants us to see a picture of his heart. So he uses his hands to show us his heart. It's provision. It's the heart of God. And here's what I know. It says, he will supply all of your needs. Not some of your needs. Not part of your needs. He will supply all of our needs. And this, I love it says needs, because it doesn't say all of your wants. Just because we may want it doesn't mean we need it. Oftentimes we can be complaining to God because we want something when necessarily it may not be what we need. What we should be doing is saying, okay, God, I know you're passionate about providing for me. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna trust that in your time, you're gonna provide all the needs that I have in my life. I'll go so far as even say things like a husband and a wife. For those that are single in the room, God will provide the right spouse at the right time if you allow yourself to just trust him. He is your provider. God, I've been single for so long. God, everybody else has a boo and not me. Why? God is your provider. And here's where insecurity can happen. When we start to put our trust in that we are our own providers, we start to go outside of the will of God to look for the job that we want. We go outside of the will of God and look for the spouse that we think we want. And we step outside of the will of God, why? Because we're not willing to just trust that he is Jehovah Jireh. And his provision is more than enough. His provision is not, uh, why not more? No, his provision is more than enough. If God does nothing else for the rest of our lives, and he will because he's a God of provision, but if he does nothing else, he's already done enough. He's already given his all so that we could be saved. And so here's what we know. We live from a place of gratefulness, not of a place of complaining and grumbling. And we say, God, okay, I know you're my provider. And so I'm gonna be grateful for where I am. Why? Because I know you're passionate about provision. You're passionate about it. "Ah, ah, I'm just not making enough money and I I should be making more. No, God, I know I'm grateful for what you've given me. Why? Because you're a God of provision and you're passionate about it. Provision is not just a principle. It's not just a biblical principle, it's a promise. The Bible says God shall shall supply all of your needs. It's a promise of God. Here's the cool thing about God, he cannot go back on his word. God cannot go back on his word. If he says it, he'll do it. So if God says he's gonna provide for me, guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna provide for me. If God says he's gonna heal me, guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna heal me. If God says he's gonna take, why? Because it's a promise and so what we can do is we stand on that promise and know he's a God of provision. All I have to do is know he's passionate about it. He's not just gonna try to make me work for it, no. He's passionate about providing for me in all areas of my life and so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna trust him and I'm gonna know it's a promise that I'm gonna hold on to. God is a God of promise, principle, of provision. Mark chapter six and verse 39 says, then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or a hundred. In verse 41, it says, Jesus took five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. We're talking about Jehovah Jireh here, the name of God. And if we really wanna know who he is, he's a God that is a provider. He's a God that we have to know. He is passionate about provision. But then we have to also know there's a posture uh, to receive his provision. There is a posture to receive his provision. And here in this scripture, I love these three verses I just read. It shows us three postures. Three postures to really receive God's provision. I wanna show it to you right here. It says, then Jesus took the disciples uh, and had them sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. One of the postures of, of, of provision, of receiving God's provision is being patient and waiting. They sat down in groups. Now you have to remember there's if there's 5,000 plus their families, many theologians believe there's between 10,000 and 15,000 people here. And so with their families and their children. And so here's what what's happening there's let's say 10,000 people. They sit they're sitting in groups of 50 and 100. Can you imagine with me just for a moment how long it took for them to get the food? If you were the ones in the very back, could you imagine like you see everybody else eat? and you haven't got your food yet, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, but you start getting a little bit hangry. You know what I'm talking about? Like Y'all know how it is, Like people at the, at the table get your food and you're like, go ahead and eat, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Just eat, just eat, go ahead y'all. No, 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 no. Don't no. wait for me, don't wait for me. Don't, please, no, you eat. I don't want it to get cold. And you're thinking in your head, mm, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Obviously I'm joking, but y'all know how it is. You're, you start to become impatient because you're waiting for your portion. What can oftentimes happen is in the scripture, that's what he does. They separate and they split up. And here's what happens. The first thing Jesus makes them do is wait. Yeah. Could you imagine? I'm in the back and I'm thinking, okay, they had, um, let me add this up. They had five loaves and they had two fish. Okay, that's 3,000 people over there. That's 2,000 people over there. Okay, I'm in the last uh, you know, uh, 15% of what's happening here. Okay, is there gonna be enough for me? When's my turn? When do I get what I've been asking for or desiring or needing? And see, what can happen is this is what the flesh does, human nature does. We oftentimes, when we have to wait, the questioning of God begins to happen in our lives. When God just wants us to wait, why? Because I know this, I know this, I know this. That waiting really is a sign of trust. I can wait, why, on God, why? Because I can trust that I know that in his season, in his time, he's going to provide for me. I love, oh my goodness, I'm gonna get excited for a second. I love that he says, I love it, oh my goodness, that it says it got late into the afternoon. Jesus is so hyped about preaching and teaching and ministering that it gets late into the afternoon, meaning this, it was not the normal time to eat. That means people were already hungry, but they weren't fed when they were hungry. They were fed when Jesus came and began to break the bread and do it on his time, not theirs. I love it because it shows us a picture of who God is. See, we can sometimes think, God, this is when it's supposed to happen right now. Well, I've I've got this job. I got this promotion. And so obviously if I've done this and I've worked here for five years and I've done this, okay, God, obviously I'm the one that should get this next step and it doesn't happen. And we're like, Uh, Jesus, did you see me? I've been working hard. God, you know my heart. God, you know my heart. What's going on? Here's what it is. See, oftentimes we can look through the lens of our own human nature and we can say, okay, this is what we deserve when no, we should be looking through the lens of God and that is this, I'm gonna wait and trust because I know he is my ultimate provider. He's the one that gave me the job in the first place. He's going to be the one to give me the promotion in the second place. Same thing with anything that we need in our lives. Okay, God, I'm going to trust. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to wait and trust you because I know you are passionate about providing. He's not this God that's far away and saying, okay, let's see how much you can beg. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Beg me, beg me, beg me, baby. Beg me, please, 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 baby. Oh, yeah, I see you. Get away from me. You know, that's how he does. That's not who he is. He's a God of love. He wants to provide for those that are parents in the room. You want to provide for your children. Why? Because you love them. He's a God that loves us. He's passionate about it. And so all we have to do is trust his heart that we will see his hand. Trust his heart. Trust that you know that God loves you. And so watch God begin. Oh, well, I haven't read my Bible in a while. And I haven't been to church in a while. and I haven't. None of that matters that God doesn't love us based on what we do. He loves us on based on who he is. And so here's what it is. He loves me. I know his heart. And so I know I'm gonna see him move in my life when it's the time is right in his life. But we first have to trust. We wait. Then the second posture very quickly in uh, Mark chapter six and verse 41 says, Jesus took five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, broke the loaves. He kept the bread and the disciples, they he distributed them. He also divided the fish for every person to share. We wait, it's a posture. It's a, a posture of, of waiting, then also a posture of work. He gives the disciples the, the bread. He gives the disciples the fish and then the, the disciples don't start eating. Disciples then take it and they begin to work and share and begin to spread the, the food to probably at least 10,000 people. I'm not gonna lie to you, that probably took a long time. I, I, I believe this and I wanna talk to you, I'm gonna talk to every generation, but really the younger generation, I wanna encourage you with something. I really do believe this. I believe that oftentimes, God, oftentimes God's blessing and his favor is just disguised in work ethic. I believe that oftentimes God's blessing and his favor is just disguised as work ethic. You want to be blessed and favored in the position in a job that you have, work hard where you are. Ah, yeah. oh, well, you don't understand. Like I, I went to school for five years and I got a better education than they do and I've worked harder than, and I. none of that matters. Why? Because man is not who promotes us all I have to do is one, wait and trust in him. And then here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work hard at where God has me. Why? Because I know this is where he has me. And so that means he's teaching me things. He's working in me. And so I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna be faithful. And here's what's gonna happen. From me being faithful, God is gonna bless me. It's part of how he blesses us. I'm just telling you, you can believe me, you cannot. I've seen it in my own life. If you are faithful and working hard, favor comes. Favor follows faithfulness. Work hard, work hard, work hard. If everybody else in the room, especially this generation now, I love it. Like anybody that even works somewhat hard, you're immediately elevated and everybody sees what you're doing. If you just show up 15 minutes early, people freak out. Like, you come in 15 minutes, I'm ready to work. Wait, 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 you don't have to be here till 9. Why are you here at 8.45? Oh, I'm just ready to work. And if you just, just, just stay 10 minutes late, and you're, you're helping finish up, clean up, when you're, oh, well, you're done. Oh, clock's over. I, I'm gone. No, nope, I don't get paid for these seven minutes. Nope, I'm out. That's what everybody wants to do. If you just work a, you just work a few minutes more, here's what happens. You immediately are seeing there's favor in man's eyes because you just want to work a little bit more. Is this all right? Sorry, too much, too much? Everybody say, no, I wanna stay home and play video games. Cool. <laughs> work hard. Work. I'm telling you, I'm seeing it in my own life. And when I was very young, when I, when I got my first job, my second job, my first job, I was working for my dad. Mm, you know what I'm saying? My second job, I was 17 years old. I got an opportunity to work in construction. And I, I'm telling you, this is a true story for those that or young. I decided I was gonna be be the first one there, and I was gonna be the last one to leave. I was gonna be the first one there, I was gonna be the last one to leave. Everybody showed up exactly, I mean, on the the dot. They showed up on the dot, at what time we're supposed to be there, they left on the dot. So all I had to do was show up five minutes early. I remember, I I would get there, I'd show up, this is true, and I would sit in my truck, and I'd be there before the boss. And every day, the boss would see me waiting. Every time he walked in, he would see me already there. As soon as he got in, I walked straight in. I did not wait. I did not say my clock's that No, I, got, I went straight in. Let's, let's start. What do you need? And do you know it's the craziest story? I know. It's, the, it's literally it's still to me this day. I don't know how in the world this happened. In a matter of a year, I was elevated and promoted of being people's bosses that had been there for 25 years. And I'm gonna be honest with you. People were coming to me, asking me what to do, and I didn't know what to tell them. They were like, hey, should, I should go do this. And I was like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> they would come ask me what to do and I'd be like, I don't know. Like what you, the boss would be gone. I'm like, "May call him, I don't know what to do. Well, here's what it is. It's just as it, it's, it's, it's silly as that is, it's just a quick little picture of, okay, if I really wanna be blessed, if I really wanna be favored, if I really want promotion in my life. Okay, a, a lot of times it's just disguises. I'm just gonna work hard. For those of us that are older, We don't get to a place in our lives where we just because we're supervising doesn't mean that we don't work hard. We serve and we work hard no matter where we are. Why? Because we understand that blessing comes through faithfulness of me working with my hands. We were meant to work. We were not meant to just be a bunch of people that just sat around and did nothing. No, God created us to be in relationship with him and to work and to take care of. We see it with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. He he creates Adam and Eve. He walks with Adam. And the Bible says he immediately puts him to work in the garden. We were meant to, created to work. I'm encouraging you to have a heart that says, I'm gonna work hard. My, my work ethic's gonna be, I'm gonna be the first one there, last one to leave. And I'm gonna work hard in between. I'm not gonna complain about what I have. No, I'm gonna work hard. Why? Because I know that provision comes when I'm willing to just say, God, I'm trusting you where I am. and I'm gonna work hard with what I do. I tell every person I talk to about a job, you should be the very best you at what you can do. Like there's nobody should be better at your job than you. You should, you should do it to the very best of your ability. And then from that, watch God be, begin. About. And I'm telling you, it, I, it, it's happened to me. I've seen this, this, this principle I've seen in my own life. I've, I'm, in every area of my life, there's no reason why. In the school that I went to, there were, there were way more people that were better communicators, that knew the Bible better than me, that would do, they, 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 way more. And yet still, God began to continue to elevate me. And I I really think, one, it's come down to one, because he's good, but then two, because I was willing to say, I'm just gonna gonna have a hard work ethic that I'm gonna work hard no matter where it is and what I do. And watch God to begin to promote you in your life. The third, third posture, very quickly, is it says right here, in verse 41, Jesus took five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. He says, he took the five loaves and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. The three postures are waiting or working and then also worshiping. Here's what it does is the, here's, when we worship, it takes our eyes off of our problems and it puts our eyes on the one who can fix our problems. I love this because really it, these three postures that shows us the really the person, the, the, who we are, you know, the, the posture of, of waiting is our head. It's this process of, okay, I'm not gonna get in my own head. I'm gonna trust God. I'm not gonna get all, I'm not gonna question. I'm not gonna die. Here's what I'm gonna do. God, I'm gonna trust you. It's my head, my mind, my thought process. Okay, that's the posture. Then it, then it goes into my hands. I'm gonna work. Okay, God, I'm gonna use my hands to be faithful, to work hard. And then I'm gonna worship. It's my heart. So my head, my hands, and my heart are all postured to just honor God. And then from that, God is gonna bless me and take care of every need that I have in my life. He's a God that desires to provide. He is passionate about, our, about providing, but sometimes we can miss his provision because we're not willing to wait, we're not willing to work, or we're not willing to worship. I encourage you in all areas of your life that you would say, okay, I'm gonna, even if I'm, I'm struggling with a sickness in my body, okay, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. I'm gonna still continue to work at what I can do. And then I'm gonna continue to worship. I'm gonna continue to set my eyes on, uh, on things above. I'm gonna continue to set my heart on God because I know he is the one that can fix and provide everything that I need in my life. There's a posture to receive his provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. Mark chapter six and verse 41 says, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He kept the bread, the disciples that could distribute it. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Verse 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. God's passionate about provision. Not only is he passionate, passionate about provision, he's Jehovah Jireh, but also there's a posture for us to receive his provision. But then also uh, we have to understand there's purpose in his provision. There is a purpose in his provision. In this area, very quickly, there's three things that I see that show us the purpose of his provision. He doesn't just give to give. He has, I believe God is a God of purpose. And God purposely does things because he wants us to see him, but then also he wants to show us who he is in our lives. And so right here, uh, I love it. It says, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, uh, he gave thanks and he kept, the, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. And so he also divided the fish for everyone to share. The first, the first thing that I see about what, the purpose of why. And that we've talked about this already, but it's to supply our needs. It's to supply for us. He wants to provide and supply every need. He, get, he sees the need of the people and he says, okay, now there's a purpose. I wanna supply what their, their, their need is. I wanna per- personally take care of their need. We have to understand God is a God that desires to take care of us just as any good parent would do. They wanna provide and take care of their children. God wants to take care of and provide for you and I. And again, we're not just talking about money. We are talking about finances, but we're talking about in every area of our lives where there's a need, he wants to come and be the provider of that need. He wants to supply the need. Then second, right here, very quickly, it says that he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute it. Okay, so if he gives, he breaks it, he wants to supply a need, but then also he gives it to the disciples. So now the disciples come, can go and they can share it so here's what he does he he, he, his purpose of provision is one so that he can supply our needs but then also so that we can share it with others see god doesn't give to just allow us to just gain he wants to give and supply to us and provide for us because he wants us to gain but then also to give he is a god that is desiring for us to be a people that are givers in all areas of our lives, in our time, in our finances, in our, in our energy, in our resources, in our serving, whatever it is, he is a God that he supplies the need, but then all, he doesn't want us just to stop there and us just take care of all things for ourselves. No, then he wants us to go and he wants to share it with others around us. Why? Because what we have can oftentimes help others in, our, in their life. See, sometimes we are the actual miracles in people's lives, Sometimes God wants to use us to take care of someone else's need. But when we get greedy or we get selfish and we get taken care of our own selves and our own time and our own stuff and we wanna hoard everything for ourselves, we can allow others to miss God's miracle and provision in their lives because we're consumed with ourselves. So it's important for all of us to understand, okay, God's blessed me, but he doesn't just bless me. He blesses me to be a blessing to others. I love it. Oh my goodness! I, I love that this little boy—he's a child. It's just a kid. He's got—he's got five loaves and two fish. It's probably all he has: five loaves and two fish. The disciples are probably shouting, "Who has food? Who has food? Who has food?" Who has food? Nobody raises their hands. Nobody's got food. Nobody—and this one boy's got a few little bread, little pieces of bread, and a few fish. And here's what he does. He says, you can have it. Why? Because I know what I have in God's hands will be much more blessed than if I just hold it for myself. This young boy knew the principle. I mean, oh, I love it so much. He knew the principle, okay, if I put, if I just keep this for myself, this is gonna run out. If I just keep this and hoard this for me, then this is gonna end up running out. And then here's what's gonna happen. Then I'm gonna have a need. And then my need is not going to be able to be taken care of because it's run out. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to share it. Because I know when I share it, here's what happens. Then God takes it. And then God begins to break it. And then here's what God does. God not only supplies my needs, but he also uses me to help supply others' needs. See, the principle of being a Christian is living like Christ. What does living like Christ look like? It looks like being people that are generous with what we have. We're givers with all that we have, with our hearts, with our finances, with our serving, with whatever it is. God, here it is. You've given it to me. I do not want to hoard this. God, I want to also share this with others. I want to be someone else's provision because you've provided for me. And so let us be a church. Oh my goodness, let us be a church that are known in this city for people that are givers. Here's what I love about this kid. He gave all that he had, and he still didn't outgive God. He gave everything that he had, and still, he had more than what he had when he gave it. See, this is what I know it's a principle. I believe it with all my heart. I've seen it in my own life. You can never outgive God. You see someone on the street that needs finances? Oh, well, I don't know how I'm give. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive give God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's just the principle. Now I don't give to give because I wanna I'll give God, no. I give because my heart is desiring that I know God's provided for me, so I wanna bless others, but I know this. I can never outgive God, so it's the craziest thing. Even when I don't feel like I have enough, I still give, and next thing you know, I have enough. I don't know how it happens. It's the promise and the principle of who he is. He is a God that is passionate about provision, but he also wants us to be passionate about provision, because he wants us to know his heart and be like him and so here's what he is he blesses us and he says okay let's see what they do with it and then we say okay God we know you bless us it's not ours we're gonna bless others we're gonna give open-handedly and God we're gonna allow ourselves to just be used by you and so here's what he says I can see that they understand the principle of my provision they see that I'm Jehovah Jireh and so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna bless them with more we can be trusted because not because we can keep but because we can give let us be a church, oh, my goodness, that are givers. 10% to me is not enough. And I'm not just talking about coming giving to the church. If you get that, you got the wrong picture, and you didn't hear me right. I'm not just talking about giving to this church. I'm talking about living a life of generosity. That everywhere we go, we want to give. Someone's paying for groceries. I want to pay for those groceries for you. (gasps) Why do you want to pay for my groceries? Just because God's blessed me and I want to be able to take care of your groceries. I remember not being able to pay for groceries one day when I was a long time ago. Now I can pay for groceries. Now I can pay for groceries. I can pay for somebody else's groceries. I want to pay for your groceries. I want to buy you a (gasps) coffee. Why do you want to buy my coffee? Because I know, I remember one time I was not able to buy coffee and I know God's blessed me. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that he's blessed me. I want to bless you. I want to live a life of giving. Because I know this. Oh my goodness, I know this. I cannot outgive God. And so even though I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna pay this. I'm gonna, No, 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 God, here's what it is. It's yours. Because God, I know when I give, here's what I know. We can't look any more like Christ than when we give. Because Christ literally gave his entire life. And so here's what I wanna do, God. I wanna be like you. I wanna live like you. I wanna think like you. I wanna talk like you. I wanna give like you. Let us be a people that are not so caught up in buying new boats and new cars. And and those things are great. I believe in boats and cars. And if you got one, take me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But let us not be so consumed with buying things and having things for ourselves that we miss the principle of why we're blessed. It's so that we can bless others. And lastly, as we close very quickly, as we dismiss today in Mark chapter six and verse 42, it says, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. There's three purposes of why he gives his supply for us, for us to share to others, and then also for us to save. This is a very practical principle, but this is something that's not happening in our culture today. We are caught up more in spending what we don't have instead of saving what we do have. The, the principle, it says that he gave 12 baskets of leftovers. There were 12 disciples. They each got a, an entire basket for tomorrow. See, oftentimes we are so caught up in what we have that we don't save for tomorrow. If any year that showed us we should save, it was 2020. When emergencies happen, it shouldn't be like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? No, it's, here's what it, well, God, why aren't you providing for me? Well, God, why aren't you taking care of me? It could have been this. It could have been that God was providing for us in the season of blessing, but we never put anything aside for the season of famine. And so when we got together, we were so caught up in spending everything that when we got to the place of where we needed it, we didn't have it. And we're like, oh God, why didn't you bless me? He did. We just were not mature enough as believers and as humans to put some aside. I live on the principle of 10, 10, 80. Many of you probably know the principle. You can have a different principle. You can listen to all different great podcasts of all different principles. But I know this, the 10, 10, 80 principle is I tied 10%, I saved 10% and 80, 80% is for everything else in life. But here's what I know. Well, I don't have enough to save 10%. Well, here, I'm gonna save 5%. Five, five I'm gonna get myself to a place where then I can save 10%. Why? Because I know this, that, that when God blesses me, It's it's all—it's biblical. There are seasons of blessing, and there are seasons of famine. There are seasons of blessing, and there are seasons of famine. There are seasons of blessing, and there are seasons of famine. There are seasons where you're blessed and you're promoted. There are seasons where you lose your job and you don't know why. Well, what happens when I lose my job, what am I gonna do? No, I've I've been prepared, why? Because God's allowed me to be blessed and I've slowly put some money aside for emergencies. I've slowly put money aside for things. And so now that the famine happens, I'm taken care of because God's already blessed me. And so now, even in the famine, I love the story of Joseph, because even in the famine, he could bless others because he was wise enough to save. And I know it's such a practical principle. I know, and you're like, oh, I got it, Jordan. I got it, Jordan. I got it. I understand that. But this is, I'm just sharing with you the principle of purpose of why God provides. Why is he Jehovah-Jireh? For three reasons. Obviously, because it's his, his heart. But his purpose is this. So he can bless us, to supply for us so that not only can we supply, he supplies for us so that we can share to others, but then not only just share to others, also so that we can save for the future. And I believe this, that when we do these things and we see these things and we live this out, I believe we'll look back and we'll see God's hand in our lives all throughout our lives. The Bible says, I love it. David says, says, I've never seen, and he said, I'm an old, I'm getting old. He said, I've never seen someone beg for bread. He said, I've never seen God's children beg for bread. What is he showing us he's showing us this thought process of this picture of god supplies through every season and we must be a people that understand this and then we must be a people that say okay god i know that you're jehovah jireh and so i see that we're talking about the names of god and from understanding your prince your provision a little bit better here's what happens it allows me to relate to you a little bit different it allows me to see your heart now from seeing your heart here's what happens now i can begin to say okay now i can trust you when i'm struggling with this thought process i can trust you when i'm struggling with this financial issue i can trust you when i'm waiting on that spouse i can why because i know your heart and your heart is good and that is that you desire to provide for us you not only desire it you will provide why because you are jehovah jireh he is a good God and I believe it he's going to he desires to and will continue to provide for all of his children amen, amen. can we pray today father